Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So I'm delighted today. I've got Rebecca Lewis with me again. We've already recorded one podcast together, but today um, we're going to talk slightly differently about women who have had a surgical menopause. So women who have had um, really an enforced menopause. So welcome, Rebecca. Hello, Louise. Um, To some of you who might have listened to Rebecca's and me talking before might know or might know from the website, Rebecca is a very dear friend and colleague, and she is also one of the medical directors here in my clinic in Stratford-upon-Avon. So thank you for coming this morning. It's a pleasure. Nice to be here. Obviously, we see lots of menopausal women, don't we, from all ages. And as a lot of you know, listening, the average age of the menopause in the UK is 51. So that's a year after your last period, you can be officially menopausal. Mm. And usually it's because there's a natural decline in our ovaries, the hormones drop. But for some women, they have a so-called surgical menopause, don't they? So explain what that means. So, I mean, some women obviously have to have a hysterectomy for various reasons and removal of the ovaries as well. That's called a total hysterectomy and bilateral salpingo-oophrectomy. And then these women are plunged into the menopause. Mm. And I use the word plunge because it literally is that. They can go from a normal level of hormones to suddenly having no hormones at all. And these are the important hormones uh, to help with our functioning estrogen and testosterone. Mm. And the ovary, that's the main producer of these hormones, is the ovary. So when we lose these hormones, we're plunged into, into the menopause. And so the symptoms can come on very quickly and dramatically and can really floor some women. Um, and it's a shock because often they're so consumed with their actual operation and the reason they're yes. having their operation, the sort of menopause effect is forgotten. Sadly. Yes, and it's not always spoken about. I mean, we, as you know, work out of the NICE guidance, the National Institute yeah. of Health and Care Excellence menopause guidelines that are very clear, aren't they, that women yes. who are having surgery should be discussing um, their hormones before the totally. surgery. Yeah. So not afterwards when they're in crisis, but no. beforehand they should be prepared. That's right. As soon as the word hysterectomy is mentioned, it should go alongside, well, what about the menopause? Because even if women retain their ovaries having a hysterectomy itself a removal of the just the womb it does increase our risk of having an earlier menopause so why is that because if you the mm. o- so the ovaries are what produce our hormones that's right they? yeah the, the womb is literally yes it's just, just- that's just an organ, isn't it? It's just an organ that's sort of added on to the, to the ovaries. But research has shown that it's something probably to do with the blood supply. Mm-hmm. If we uh, remove the womb, the blood supply is affected to the womb. And that affects the uh, decreasing blood supply to the ovaries, increasing their risk of failure earlier. And that's quite hard, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. we know that... For most of us, certainly over the age of 45, mm. we don't need a blood test to diagnose the perimenopause or menopause. No, no. But if our periods stop or change and yes. we have symptoms, then it's likely we're perimenopausal menopausal. or menopausal. But mm. once you've had a hysterectomy, but you've got your ovaries in, yes, 
you don't necessarily know, do you? It could be more difficult to know where you are, exactly, because um, the ovaries will probably continue to function for a little while afterwards, Mm. but you're not having periods, so you can't track it from those sort of symptoms. So that's why it's really vital for women to be informed of what are the symptoms of the menopause so that they can think, aha, this is this is what's happening, yeah. I understand what's happening. So it's less frightening yeah. um, and, you know, they, they feel more able to cope with these symptoms if they yeah. know beforehand. Yeah. So, of course, estrogen gets everywhere, doesn't it? And uh, often women are completely fraught by the psychological symptoms of the menopause, which they hadn't anticipated. So people who are running around feeling very well before their hysterectomy, symptoms of the menopause could be that they're suddenly stopped losing sleep they're not sleeping properly at night uh, they become more anxious um, their mood is lower and flat mm. um, and they have muscle pains all over as well and they just feel more irritable um, can't cope with things so well more weepy all these sort of things mm. I think are really important to highlight and discuss so people are aware because often you can imagine people may feel like this and think gosh I must be depressed perhaps go to their GP and say, look, uh, since the hysterectomy, I've got over that. I know it's a big thing, Mm. but I felt really low and flat and depressed and I think Mm. I need some help perhaps with antidepressants or something, which is the wrong diagnosis. Absolutely. So certainly we use, don't we, here in the clinic, the green chemicteric questionnaire, um, which if you put in questionnaire in the search function on the Menopause Doctor website, you can easily get it. And if you're having some of these symptoms, it doesn't mean that you are menopausal or perimenopausal, but... If they've changed since an operation, then you should really be thinking, shouldn't yes, you? Yes, I find, I find the green climacteric score really helpful mm. because it just sets out all the different symptoms. There's a myriad of symptoms yes. um, and it sets out all the different symptoms that women can experience um, and doesn't include irregular bleeding. Yeah. Um, so it, it helps women know where they just are to guide us, the guidance yeah. and I think it's harder I mean I saw a lady a couple of days ago in my clinic who'd had mm. cancer of the cervix yes um, yeah. and you know very traumatic it'd been picked up thankfully quite early but she'd had mm. chemotherapy she'd had radiotherapy yes and she had she didn't realize at the time being floored into the menopause because yes. of that so because, again it's an unnatural menopause but she still had her womb she still yes. had her ovaries but they were affected yes. by the radiotherapy yeah but when she went back to the doctor they said well you are going to be low tearful sad because mm. you've had cancer that's right and so she was focusing on that mm. understandably mm. but mm. now looking back yes. she realizes it was due to her yeah. hormones I, I, we see this a lot don't mm. we of course you've been through a big operation and and maybe because of a cancer mm. diagnosis and you know had chemotherapy well of course that makes you tired and not yes. feel well um and everyone always says well it must be the must be the surgery must be mm. the, the chemotherapy of course you're going to be anxious because you've got a diagnosis perhaps of cancer mm. and all that is true but actually a lot of their problems could be due to the low estrogen yes. state they're in um, and that increases anxiety uh, and lowers mood and, and is a big contributor to their symptoms. And once these ladies have then got optimised with their estrogen levels, they are much, much better. Their anxiety is much yes. improved. Yeah. They're sleeping well, they're happier and their mood is, uh, is, is back to normal. And we need to think about future health, don't we? Mm. Because there are a lot of women... Um, not all, but a lot of women who have a surgical menopause are often quite young, aren't they? Yeah. So if they're certainly under the age of 51, the average age of the menopause, certainly in their 30s, yes. 
They have to have hormones, don't they? It's vital. And this is a really important point mm. if we can get this across. Women, for whatever reason, uh, really, if they've had a, an early menopause, be it surgical or natural, they really must have hormones until they're age 51. And that's because of the health benefits. Because of the health benefits. Yeah. If they don't have hormones until the age of 51, they have an increased risk of death, mm. um, increased cardiovascular disease, increased risk of osteoporosis, mm. uh, plus increased risk of dementia and type 2 diabetes. Yeah. So it's hugely important. There's lots of conditions, aren't there? We, we both were at a very interesting lecture recently mm. at um, the British Menopause Society conference. And yeah. even things like kidney disease, yes. psychosis, depression. Um, one of them was even drug abuse increased yes. in women that had their ovaries removed early. Which yes. It's because these hormones get everywhere. That's right, they get everywhere. And they're so vital for, for female to function properly mm. and are beneficial to our to our health yeah. um, and the good thing about having hormone replacement therapy under the age of 45 is that, that you get all the benefits because it's restoring estrogen that's yes. lost so you get all the benefits on the the arteries keeping them healthy for the for the heart mm. and the brain and decreasing osteoporosis and dementia etc but you don't have the increased risk because the good there's thing no is there's no increased risk no. at all. There's no increased risk, for yeah. example, of breast cancer. Yes, which is really important because... Really important to know that if you take HRT, and mm. th- th- there may be a small risk after the age of 51, but that's very, very small. But women in early menopause do not have that increased risk. But if a woman's had a hysterectomy, mm. the general consensus from, from mm. some good studies is that if they don't have any progesterone or a mm. synthetic progesterone, mm. they even over the age of 51, they mm. don't have an increased risk. That's right. If they, yes, if they have had a hysterectomy yeah. as well. Yeah. They, that's so right. it's, it, it's good news if you've had a hysterectomy. Yes, once you've gone through so that, you don't have through, progesterone, yes. which is the possibly linked with the increased risk of breast cancer. Albeit small. Yeah, albeit small, very small. small. Yeah. Um, but certainly, I, I know, I'm sure you're the same, if someone's had a hysterectomy in the past mm. and being told, often incorrectly, that they can't have... HRT because mm. people worry about the risks. Yeah. We can reassure them because the studies have shown that women who have estrogen only um, Absolutely. HRT Completely. do not have an increased risk, do they? So that's, that's right. That's the good news. Really important. Forever. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that carries on. So if someone, say, um, in their 30s or 40s, is going to have their ovaries removed, mm. what should they do, do you think? What should we be advising? So really it's preparation, I think, mm. isn't it? Um, before the operation that they need to be told that if they're having the ovaries removed, they will go into menopause. Yes. And actually what you this avoid means... that, can you? No, the if the ovary removed, removed, sorry, that, that will happen. Mm. And it's losing these vital hormones, estrogen and testosterone. Mm. Need to be aware of the symptoms that they will cause, um, which we've talked mm. discussed with the green climacteric scale. Those sort of symptoms are the, are the psychological symptoms and muscular symptoms as well as hot flushes. Um, and actually how um, hormone replacement can prevent that and... The, the implications of being a young woman plunged into the menopause of the long-term health risks, yes. yeah. um, the increased risk of cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, dementia, type 2 diabetes, and how HRT will prevent those. And it's very important, isn't it, because I see some women or, I, or some women contact me through social media and say, mm. well, I'm going to get through it naturally. I've had yes. an early menopause, I'm going to do it yes. naturally. So, yes. I mean, I'm sure... You would say the same. Mm. It, it's unnatural to not have hormones when you're young. We are designed exactly. to have hormones, certainly until 51. Physiologically, we're designed to mm. do that, and nature would say that because of the increased risk of, of heart disease yes. and, and all the long-term health yeah. implications if we deny women hormones, yes. certainly before they're age 51. So having a 
your ovaries removed, it's very important to have this discussion. Yes. Either with the surgeon, potentially your GP. Yes. Bef- a nurse, a doctor, anyone who's interested in the menopause. You Before should. the operation, so we're prepared. We discuss HRT, how we're going to give HRT, yeah. etc. After the operation. After the so. surgery, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then... The most important hormone is oestrogen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then there are different ways, aren't there, of having oestrogen? Yes. It can be given orally or given through the skin. We always prefer through the skin because it's got less side effects or less complications. Yes. The problem is with oral oestrogen, um, it's metabolised, it goes through the stomach and it's metabolised by the liver. And as a result of this metabolism in the liver, it increases the clotting factors, which can increase our risk of stroke and um, uh, blood clots. Having it orally also, it's metabolised to different types of oestrogen, which are not body identical. Mm. So it's not exactly the same uh, physiological situation as we are before the operation uh, with oral oestrogen. That's why we prefer transdermal oestrogen, which literally means oestrogen through the skin. And that can be given by a gel or a patch that goes straight into the bloodstream and is not metabolised or changed. um, And it stays as the what we call body identical estrogen which means exactly the same estrogen as our bodies produce so the body likes it because it's self it's not foreign it's not alien so we have less side effects with that there's no increased risk of blood clot or, or so that could be started quite soon after the operation indeed then. yeah exactly mm. uh, s- straight away because some people are told wait for the first six weeks they're worried months, i think this is this is historical from yes. the oral estrogen as i just said it, it could increase your yeah. risk of blood clotting so you wouldn't start tablet so we would never start with you, tablets yeah. straight away because you're a risk of blood clot after an operation because you're immobile and in mm. bed and you have those lovely uh, stockings on your on your on your on your legs to stop clot but you can start transdermal estrogen because that doesn't increase your risk of of, of blood clots so yeah so estrogen is really important and there are different doses aren't there so yeah, yeah. depending sometimes on the age but yes. sometimes how women metabolize estrogen mm, and mm. certainly Younger women tend to need slightly higher doses, even they higher do. than what's licensed, don't they? They do, higher than what it says in the BNF, definitely, just to control their symptoms properly. And that's quite safe to have higher doses, isn't it? Is, it? And, it is. And certainly um, here in the clinic, we sometimes do blood tests to check the oestrogen levels to make sure women yeah. are absorbing it. That's right. And having enough. Yes. Um, that's fine if sometimes people need two patches or they need... Yes. Six, eight, ten pumps of gel sometimes. They do, especially if they're young. We see that. But we do often monitor uh, their blood levels and they're just satisfactory. They need to be above a certain amount to offer maximal protection to the heart and the bones anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's important to check that that's that's occurring and that they are absorbing it properly because everyone's different how much they absorb from a patch. And and I always think it's a bit like... um, If a person with diabetes has insulin or someone with an underactive thyroid has thyroxine, the doses often very different, aren't they? Very different, yeah, because we're individuals. And that's the individualised approach is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So then have oestrogen, which often really helps with many symptoms, doesn't it? Mm, mm. But then some women still find that their libido is reduced, their Mm. mood, their concentration, their energy is reduced, yet their oestrogen level is quite good. So then what would you recommend for them? Well, then this situation would probably uh, mean that they would benefit from testosterone replacement. Because you think testosterone is only in men, don't you? But but, but actually it's it's a really important female hormone. Because we produce more testosterone than oestrogen, don't we? Yes, absolutely. The ovary produces more testosterone than oestrogen which is amazing and fact. we never get 
taught that. No, Even, no, it's well, in fact it, I only learnt recently, yeah. really. I mean, at medical school we don't, but at school we don't. Nothing, no, nothing no. prepares us no. for the fact that we no. have no. testosterone in no. our bodies. Women it? need testosterone yeah. as well as estrogen quite often. Yeah. Um, and, but, and, then, and people also worry if you give testosterone, they're going to grow a beard and yes. become so manly. Yeah. Um, and no, what I like about this body identical uh, HRT is it's literally physiological. So that's, as a doctor... That is perfect for me. It's it's replacing exactly yes. like with like yeah. and replacing what is lost. Mm. Not to high, high doses, no. just replacing it. Yes. So the woman can feel back to her normal yes. self and functioning normally. And testosterone is an important, especially for women who've had a nephrectomy, taking yes. all the ovaries out because it's the main producer of testosterone. Yeah. We get a little bit from our fat glands and adrenal glands, but, but the majority yeah, is the from ovaries. the ovary. So, so young women who've had mm. um, their ovaries removed mm. often really miss testosterone don't they do they, they do um, and there used to be a patch didn't there there used to be a testosterone mm, patch yeah and the licensing guidelines were that women who mm. were young who'd had mm. a surgical menopause were allowed to have it yeah and then it just sort of petered out it, yeah it wasn't because of any risks of, no it wasn't we've used it for decades no, testosterone yeah. replacement with great um, effect actually. and now we don't have a licensed preparation do we no it's a shame it's i think it's just because it, it fell out of favor fashion or something yes. some years ago yeah. but they're very it was very very effective for women but we do use a product here in the clinic called Androfem which is made especially for women in Western Australia and it's made as a product made for women and it's a cream so it's given through the skin Um, and that really helps testosterone replacement really helps not only libido a million things affect libido but testosterone is important and helps libido but it also helps things that maybe may not have thought about but um, concentration brain fog memory yes. uh, and mood a little bit and as that's well, because we've got testosterone receptors in our brains haven't we it is so. it is again yeah. like estrogen testosterone gets everywhere so things like our motivation yes. can't be bothered that yeah. sort of feeling yeah. it helps get uh, our get up and go our joie de vivre if you like it's really important mm. isn't it and, Completely. and i think recently there's been a big global consensus statement published hasn't there lots yes. of the yeah. menopause societies and also some of the endocrine mm. societies have mm. all got together and they've agreed how safe testosterone is yes. and there's good evidence regarding it helping um, improve libido as well yes. and even at the end it does say we need to have a licensed preparation for women doesn't it that's so right it's so it's, important you know it is shocking mm. and also i think very sad that We've got testosterone licensed for men. We can buy Viagra over the counter. counter. Yeah. Mm. I think there's two things, isn't there? So some people think that sex isn't as important for women as it potentially is for men. And clearly Mm. this... Is outrageous. outrageous, isn't it? We see a lot of women, and I speak to a lot of women in my clinic and mm. elsewhere, who tell me um, in confidence that they haven't had a sexual relationship for mm. often one, two yes, years. Okay. Yes, frequently they say. And, you know, we know that mm. it has a big effect psychologically, mm. physically, mm. emotionally, everything mm. else as well. Mm. Um, yet it's almost embarrassing to talk about. It and is. It's, it's a great taboo, isn't it? Yes. Um, and we know, I'm not naive, we know that lack of libido or reduced libido is not just a hormone, certainly in women. It's no. more complicated than that. Yes. Yes. But like you say, the other aspects that can improve with testosterone, such as mood, energy, motivation, mm. stamina, yeah. people then feel 
better in themselves. Yes, and it's so all about they're happier. So if your self-esteem yeah. uh, is is back to normal, you're feeling yourself literally, yes. just just feeling yourself. You're go, you're going to probably ha- have a higher chance of having a healthier sexual relationship. Yeah, because your just your relationship with your partner is normal. Better, isn't yeah. it? you're not so. irritated by them. You're not uh, weepy. You're feeling good about yourself. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's so important, and it's it, it's shocking how women have been neglected, mm. and their sexuality has been neglected. Yes, absolutely, um, and that's just is obvious to see how easy it is for a man. And I'm pleased that that mm. has happened. You know, mm. That they can uh, obtain Viagra, etc., quite easily. But yet, women have been neglected, and they still are being neglected, aren't they? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a real shame. So, and we have a product here that is known and proven to improve yeah. libido. Yet, yeah, it's not licensed, it. and, yes. it's, and that's the tragedy. Um, so in the NHS, doctors, if they're confident in prescribing testosterone, can give the male testosterone, which we've often done in the past, haven't we? Mm, yeah. Um, in, in the NHS, you can give the male testosterone in lower doses. And yes. the safest one is probably tester gel, which comes as a sachet, yes. make the sachet last seven yes. to 10 days. Yes. It's a bit of a faff, but it's doable. Yes. So that's yes. if a woman is listening and really wants to get it through the NHS, mm. first you have to find the right doctor. And that can yes, because not many doctors know about testosterone. Well, no, because the training is really really mm. um, not always there for healthcare professionals mm. so you can ask if there's a local menopause clinic or if there's a doctor with a special interest in the menopause yes some people have told me they find out who the doctor is to see through facebook so if there's right. a local facebook yes. group yes. um you could sort of find out from that ask yeah. around and yeah. um, some people have even changed surgeries and, and yeah. they, all these things are doable but it can still be difficult yes um gps mm. are allowed to prescribe the androfem that you've mentioned privately mm. if mm. they're confident because we're not allowed to prescribe it on the NHS because at the moment it's not licensed. Yes. We hope it will be licensed. Um, yes. It's more expensive because it's a private prescription, but it yes. works out about 80p a day, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, that's right. It's, it's yes. not ridiculously expensive, but yeah. obviously there is a cost. Yeah. And both the hormones, the oestrogen and testosterone, are derived mm. from the yam, aren't they? Yes, it's from root vegetables. There's no pregnant mare's urine no, or anything no. like that and it's a, it's a natural body identical product at the, at the end and, and so physiologically women do much better on this type of hrt than maybe older types yes. of hrt they've had which is an important point i think I think so and i think also when women talk about wanting to do things naturally mm. actually mm. it's very natural replacing your hormones mm. and mm. i'm sure you've seen i've certainly seen lots of women who have taken supplements because they want to do what they call naturally. Yeah. When you look at the ingredients of some of these... Quite horrifying. It is, isn't it? They're not regulated. There's no no, uh, evidence base behind them and many of them. Yet here we have HRT, which is exactly the same structure as our own oestrogen and progesterone and testosterone that we use, um, with years and years of evidence, of good safety evidence behind it. It's so safe. Mm. But I think one of the problems that's probably worth mentioning is that when you open the packet of your oestrogen or um, hormones yes. it will talk about risk of clot risk of heart attack yes, risk ridiculous. of this because it groups it as a hormone mm. and it mm. groups it like it is a tablet oestrogen well, like the it? pill for example absolutely it's contraceptive it's pill. exactly the same mm. warnings with mm. contraceptive pills which are quite different hormones aren't they because they're synthetic they're tablet yes. and higher dose. Um, but they yeah and a lot higher dose but they haven't changed mm. so anyone who's listening to this and gets hold of some HRT, opens the packet, thinks, well... Could be quite alarmed, you couldn't could be they? very alarmed. Yeah. And also think what we're talking about is absolute rubbish. Yes. Um, yes. And so... They're we, outdated, in fact. They are they're, outdated. They're, they're, they're more relevant for the combined oral contraceptive yeah. pill. Yeah. And they've extrapolated that incorrectly, really, yes. to, 
for HRT. So there are few women, aren't there, who have had a hysterectomy and their ovaries removed, so Mm. had a surgical menopause, but still need progesterone, aren't they? Because there's always a question. People say, well, that's the third hormone. Don't I need it? Yes. Um, Yes. There's a few women who quite like progesterone because it can help with a bit of sedation. People feel a bit calmer, don't they? Yes, they feel calmer and it helps their sleep. Mm. So so this is the body-identical micronized progesterone. Um, Yes, it's very good uh, to help women sleep at night. Um, and they just feel a bit calmer on it yeah. as well. So that is, is quite So helpful. I've got a few, not many ladies who have been on oestrogen and testosterone mm. and they feel that something's a bit missing somehow. Yes. Yeah. And usually they're a bit younger and I often give them progesterone for a few months and I have got some who say yes I feel better we don't need it physiologically do we no it's it's the only reason we give progesterone really uh, is for women who have got a womb estrogen on its own potentially can thicken the lining of the womb which if left could go on to a hyperplasia which is not always healthy yes. and uh, to so prevent that, that doesn't it? you take a progesterone yeah. which keeps the lining yeah. thin so if a woman has had their ovaries removed mm. but still has their womb yes then they need to have progesterone they do they? because they've got the womb lining which is that's which really important with estrogen, to know so there are some women who have a surgical menopause but keep their womb. Yes. So it's important that those women have a hysterectomy. And we see increasingly, I think, because there's this Angelina Jolie effect of women who have been diagnosed with a BRCA gene, they've got yep. a family history of breast cancer, yes. Um, yes. they have their ovaries removed yes. early, yes. so they have an early menopause, mm. yet they're being told they have a risk of breast cancer, you can't have HRT. Yeah, what do shocking. you say? That's shocking, because... Because they've had the ovaries removed and they're young, they need their hormones, like we said earlier, till they're age 51. If they have got a womb, they will need a progesterone as well. Um, But it's vital that they have these hormones. And I Um, think there's a confusion because... The reason these women are having their ovaries removed mm. is because they've got a risk of ovarian cancer yes. because of the BRCA gene. That's right. That's Whereas right. there are some women who have had yeah. breast cancer who have their ovaries removed because the cancer specialist doesn't want any hormones around. Yes. It's a very different It's a very different thing. Yes, for, for, for prevention, the ovaries are removed to stop ovarian cancer. Yes. So it is safe then for these people to yeah. have HRT. In fact, their risk is very low because they've often had a bilateral mastectomy and oophorectomy so actually you know that they should have hrt in my opinion yeah and actually sometimes people um when they have their ovaries removed for this reason sometimes elect to have their womb removed as well so Mm. they don't have to have a progesterone but this is a very individual choice but it's discussions that should be had before before. so in the pre-op assessment or in your clinic appointment before you go to the operation so you're very clear why you're having the surgery, what exactly has been done, and your future with the Mm. hormones. Mm. Certainly when we were at medical school, Mm. usually people would take, they were doing a hysterectomy, they'd say, let's take the ovaries out as well, because you might as well take it out. Um, But there's a change. There's a complete change, yes, exactly. Euphorectomy used to be thought, well, while we're here, we'll take them out. Well, we know how disastrous that is, losing your estrogen early. Yeah. Uh, but even when you're sort of 45 or, or above, they often keep, keep the, them in, the ovaries in because they can ovarian, squeeze, out a, can squeeze a bit more. And ovarian they? function is important yeah. in sometimes ways we don't quite understand yeah. about uh, the ageing, preventing the ageing 
process. We know that people have had an early oophrectomy have much higher risk of all sorts of disease. Mm. I think you said earlier, yes. even like asthma. Yes, that's um, right. And, I know. And, and drug addiction and, yeah, and things. Is, so there's lots of effects of lots ovaries. Of effects so, from the ovary. So I think if a woman has, for example, fibroids or mm. something, um, a polyp, something in the lining of their womb. Mm and the surgeon's suggesting to take everything out, mm. I think we should be questioning as women, mm. do we want our ovaries in or not? Mm. And mm. certainly what some consultants are doing now mm. is just removing the womb, often with the cervix, mm. and then they're saying, come back when you're 55, mm. we'll do a keyhole procedure, day case, take mm. your ovaries out then. Mm. Because after 55, it's unlikely they'll produce much good yes. hormones. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's quite a sensible move, actually. Yes, um, yes. Increasingly, if yes. you're in your... 30s, 40s, you have to question why you're having your ovaries taken out. Exactly. It's an important Mm. organ for women um, producing essential hormones. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really useful. I'm hoping people will find that interesting and just Mm. give them some food for thought when they're contemplating having a surgery and hopefully help their discussion. So before we finish, Rebecca, in usual style, could I have three take-home tips? So these will be tips for women who haven't had surgery yet Mm. Mm. Who, what, what could they do? So first of all is when they're contemplating surgery, they need to think about menopause, okay? Because if the ovaries are going to be taken out, they're going to be plunged into the menopause. So they need to have be aware of what these risks of an early menopause potentially can be and the solutions to it and to discuss with the surgeon about HRT mm. uh, following the surgery and what type of HRT to use and how soon to start it because transdermal estrogen can be started straight away. Yeah. Um, so it's getting being pre-warned, anticipating symptoms and having a solution before the operation. Yes. So it's all organised and sorted yeah, before absolutely. they have the operation. That's really useful. And there's lots of information Obviously, on my website, Mm. um, the British Menopause Society have some information. Nice guidelines have information. But just make sure you do your homework is really key, isn't it? Totally, yeah. And if you've had surgical menopause and you're listening to this and thinking, I'm still suffering, what would you say? Oh, please don't. It's so vital that you have your hormones, especially if you're under 45. Yeah. Um, and how safe HRT is for the vast, vast majority. So get the right help. Get, get the, the right, right advice. To get to the GP. Absolutely. Mm. So thank you ever so much. Thank That's you. a pleasure. Thank you. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website, www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.